Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. All right. All right. We are picking up here in our series again by uh, talking about being... Uh, receiving the Holy Ghost, amen. Receiving not just the Spirit that abides, amen, but the Spirit that comes upon us, amen. I am so thankful, amen, that we get to participate with His presence. How many are thankful that Jesus, according to His Word in Revelations chapter 1, that He still shows up in the church? Amen. It says, he, see, it says Jesus comes down and He begins to walk. He begins to walk among the candlesticks. He begins to walk among the churches. Listen, when we start coming to agreement, we start praising God, we start worshiping God, I'm telling you, Jesus begins to come in and walk in and starts inhabiting these praises. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost desires to start to move. Things begin to happen. Amen. Why? Because this is what it's designed for. This is what the body of Christ is designed for, is to, is to allow the Spirit of God to move, to allow to worship Him, allow us to come into, into a corporate setting and do these things ourselves. We just need to get to that place, church, where we're not, we're not trying to lock the door outside. We're not trying to lock the doors of our hearts, amen, with all the different things that are going on, all the different distractions that are going on in our life. We don't lock those things. We receive. We allow him to, we allow him to come in and minister to each and every one of us. You know, his word says that he's knocking. How many of y'all know that? You know, Jesus, see, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll put yourself around the people of God, if you'll put yourself in church, if you'll put yourself around, around the things of God, he says that, that I'm knocking, I'm trying to catch your attention. Amen, but, you're, but you have a job to do. You're going to have to open up that door to hear what he has to say. See, it's not just, oh, Jesus is going to make you do this, that God's going to make, no, Jesus doesn't do that. I'm telling you, we, have, we serve a God that's a gentleman. Amen. He is a gentleman. He leads us. He guides us. He doesn't push us. He doesn't distract us. He doesn't harm us. He doesn't jerk us into a direction. Amen. He'll gently guide us, wanting you to follow him in everything we do. How many of y'all know there is, there is one that pushes? There is one that pulls. There is one that, that, is, that is hard that when it comes against us. His name is the adversary. Amen. So anytime that you're, you're feeling pushed or you're feeling that something's not right, church, you need to just stop and know that that's not our God doing those things. Amen. He is gentle in everything. Thing that he does. And we need to come to that place where we begin to receive it. We need to come to that place where we, where we flow with that river of living water. Amen. There is that, that flow of, of the river water. How, how many of y'all know the Holy Ghost is like a river? There's like a current. Amen. And he desires you just to get in that current and be guided and directed in everything in your life. So you don't have to worry about all the pitfalls. I'm telling you, he, he sees them. I mean, he knows what's there. He knows how to come. He knows how to change us. I mean, we, got, we have to yield into that spirit. We need to yield into his world, church. We need to yield into the culture of the kingdom. I mean, we got to allow him to change us. Hmm? We got to allow him to change each and every one of us. I mean, it's, I think it's funny sometimes when we get to a church like this, around a people like this that are, that are pressing, pressing towards the move of God. They're, they're pressing towards you know, God to move. They're pressing, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to move, having crazy things happening like tongues and interpretations and gifts of the Spirit and all these mad things happening. I'm telling you, church, a lot of people will look at us like we are strange people. Amen. The Bible even says peculiar. Amen. Why? Because we're different than the things of the world. I mean, some even the religious world will come up to us and they'll say that we are, that we are fanatical, that we are a cult. Amen. I don't know how many times I've been called that throughout my Christian life. Oh, you're, you're one of those leaders of the cult. Well, if that's what you want to call it, yeah, I am. Amen. 
But I'm telling you, thing, the, this, this word fanatical is not necessarily a bad word like people want to use it as. You know what fanatical is? You just want something more than someone else does. Amen? You, you trust the word more than someone else does. You, you lean into the spirit more than someone else does. And I'm telling you, when, when people receive those convictions in their heart that, man, man that, that person over there, they look more like the Acts church than, than I ever had. There's a conviction that comes upon them and they begin to push back against those things. Don't, don't get irritable or, or irritated at, the, at people that do those things. Amen? Amen. Just keep on, keep on pressing in. Keep on yielding forward to what God has for each and every one of you. Because I'm telling you, he has some amazing things. Amen. Because to the carnal mind, to the people that are led by the flesh, I'm telling you, people, some of us will look fanatical. Amen. Wear it like a badge of honor. <laughs> Amen. Wear it like a badge of honor that, that, uh, that we are singly minded. We've been touched by the things of God. Amen. And there's no turning back. We want the deeper things of God. We want a deeper and more intimate relationship with him. We want revelations to be poured out upon us. Amen? Stop worrying about people, what people think. Amen? Worry about what he thinks. Amen? Worry about the, what the Lord thinks. Amen? What he would have you do in, the, in each situation. Amen? Amen? See, this is what I like about uh, the Acts church, you know? Early on in the book of Acts, you'll see that, that these men and women, they started gathering together, and it says that they sold everything that they had and came and laid it down at the apostles' feet. So I'm going to take up an offering. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. But, but listen, he says, they came and they laid everything down at the apostles' feet. You say, why is that? Because they got touched from heaven. They got touched from heaven and nothing they had mattered anymore. All they wanted, they wanted to just come together, you know, worship together, you know, hear together, you know, preach together, you know, pray together. And everything that they had, they, they started bringing, bringing it together and saying, listen, listen, do what the Lord may have you to do with these things. Let's further the kingdom. I mean, they took the job of what Jesus gave them absolutely serious. And after they gave up everything they had for it. Amen. And in that, what happened? It says that they, that they go to the temple every single day. How many of y'all know they went to church every single day? They broke bread with each other every single day in different houses. And it says that people came, and I think it's in Acts chapter 5 it is, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think Acts chapter 5 it says, it says no people that were outside of the church would join them. I mean, so they came into the synagogue. They're sitting there talking about Jesus. They're talking about these things. Now, now there's a separation there. People look and say, man, I'm not, I'm not going to join those weird ones over there, you know, those, those ones that seem like they're getting drunk all the time, the Holy Ghost, you know, the joys coming through them, you know, the ones that are walking in healing and amazing things, you know, the, you know, the actual people that have smiles on their face. You know what? I was driving around praying over this city this morning, and as I'm driving around, I looked out every person's face, and I'm telling you, I didn't see one smile on somebody. Amen. I mean, it's, a, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And, you know, it's the Holy Ghost just sitting there talking about these things like this. This is what happens when you're not into the presence of God. Amen. You're, you're, always, you're always struggling about, about your work. You're struggling about your, about your partner. You're struggling about your children. You're struggling about everything in your life. And you walk around with a sour look on your face. But I'm telling you, church, when, when we get into the kingdom of God and we get blessed by him, we can walk around in joy. Amen. And it's these people, they're looking at them and saying, man, those weird people over there, man, just leave, leave them alone. But the Bible says that they, were, they honored them. They honored them. They said, man, I don't know if I want what they have yet, but man, I honor what they're doing. You say, why is that? Because they could look at them and they could see Jesus all over them. They could see the kingdom of God all over them. They said, man, I don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue like these are fixing to get kicked out. But man, those are some amazing, I know those people are real. 
I know those people are real. I'm telling you, church, people may not follow you in everything that you're doing. I'm telling you, you may, you may be hitting after the things of God. You may have gotten so pressed into the things of God that your life has absolutely changed. And I'm telling you, people may not follow you. I'm telling you, your friends may not follow you. Your family, they may not follow you. Your enemies, they may not follow you into these things. But I'm telling you, God has amazing things for you. These people are going to look at you and they're going to honor what's going on. They're going to honor what's going on in your lives. I'm telling you, Cynthia is, is a great example of this. I haven't known her for years like most of you guys have, but I'm telling you, I've, I've seen a switch get flipped on on that girl. And I'm telling you, it has been amazing. I've seen people walk away from her because of how, how lit she's got, but I've also seen people fall like dominoes around her. Amen. One of her sisters comes back from, from London. The switch gets flipped on. Another sister, you know, up in Belfast is sitting here today. A switch gets flipped on. You know, Helena gets flipped on. I'm telling you, it goes like dominoes throughout that family. Why? Because she kept on pushing regardless what people thought. Amen. But see, we don't, don't get irritated if people don't join up with you. Amen. Because see, now that's the blessing. That's the way we desire things to go. That's the way we want things to happen. But don't get irritated if people don't join up with you in the direction you're going. Amen. Keep your, keep your gaze. Keep your focus on him and everything that we're doing. Amen. Most of the time, people are just pushing back against the convictions that they're feeling. Amen. And they want to push back on you for it. Amen. Be committed to the things of God. Don't be afraid to be weird. Don't be afraid to be fanatical. Amen. Look for his approval in all things. Amen. Amen. Receiving the Holy Ghost. Amen. Allowing the Holy Ghost to come upon us is what we're talking about, right? Allowing him to change everything about us, church. Change the way we think. Amen. Change the way we walk. Change the way we talk. Change the way we deal with other people. Listen, we're not talking about just the spirit that's coming on and abiding on the inside of us. And I'm so thankful for that. We're talking about the dove that comes down out of heaven and he rests. He abides on his people, leading them, guiding them, and directing them in everything that we do. This is what we're calling the baptism of the Holy Ghost, where we not just have the spirit coming on the inside of us. He comes and abides. We get fully immersed in his glory, his power. Now, what have we said when we, when we have this, when we have the spirit of God coming upon us, what do we do? We have to do everything with the dove in mind. We have to do everything with the Holy Ghost in mind. Everything that we think, everything that comes out of your mouth. If you don't want that anointing, that, that the spirit of God to come on and off you like it did in the prophets of the Old Testament, but you want it to abide on you like Jesus did, amen, or like the, the early church did, what do we got to do? You got to do everything in mind with him. Every step you take has to be in mind with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Not, not necessarily the direction you want to go, but the direction he wants you to go in everything that we do. Amen. Amen. Now I want to go back to Romans chapter eight, which we were on a couple weeks ago, which is, you know, one of my favorite chapters, you know, in, in the word here, but let's, let's go here to Romans chapter eight. And I'm going to touch these few verses in here in Romans uh, eight, 14, 15, and 16 again. And I want and the reason I want to touch these over again, I kind of want to hit them at a little bit of a different angle here because I'm the, the spirit of God is just impressing me that we, as the body, we, as the church, we need to grab a hold of what these verses are saying because they are so powerful. And if you will grab a hold of it, it will change your life. Amen. It'll change everything about you. It'll change. It'll change the way you walk. It'll, it'll change the way you handle things. Amen. And we, we just need to allow these, allow these words to drop into us 
like a revelation, like revelation knowledge. I mean, I hope you have your, your hearts cultivated as you come to church. I mean, we ought to be believing before we come to church, not just to come here and hear, hear, hear Pastor Ryan talk for, for 45 minutes or an hour, I mean, because that can get real old, I promise you. But if you will open up your, your ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say, I'm telling you, he's trying to change each and, each and every one of our lives. In verse 14, it says, For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage, again unto fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father. He goes, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, that we are the children of God. See, I like that version there, my King James version here. And if any of you have a version like mine, and if it says itself right there, the spirit itself, you need to cross that out and write himself in there. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is not an it. He is a him. Amen. He is the third part of the Godhead. He is God himself. He is not just an it. He is him. Amen. There's some, there's some people, I, even when I talk about the Holy Ghost most of the time, I just say Holy Spirit. I don't say the Holy Spirit. You know, and I had this minister, I was writing a letter or something for, for their website or, or something. I don't remember what it was for, but, but I wrote in there and he said, hey, hey, that was, that was great. I appreciate you writing those things to me. I just want to let you know, I corrected some of your English on there. It said, you know, you, you forgot the when you put the Holy Ghost on there and you just said Holy Ghost. And I said, no, no, that, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, inaccurate. That's exactly what I wanted to say. I mean, it's not, I'm not talking about, you know, the Holy Ghost like he's someone separate from me. I'm not talking about his title. I mean, I'm talking about a person. His name is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just like when we talk about God, everyone wants to say God all the time. Why don't we, why don't we call him by his name? Why aren't we saying Yahweh? Why, why we want to make everything so, so common? Amen. We need to be specific. Amen. I mean, because there's all kinds of gods out there that people talk about all the time. Amen. He's not just our Lord. Let's talk about Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, the world hates that name. So you can pray. You can pray to God all you want around people. You start lifting up the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, devils start getting irritated. Amen. They start pushing back. Let's let's begin to be thoughtful and intentional with the words that we use. Amen. Hallelujah. He says here, he says that the spirit himself bears witness with what? With our mind. Hmm. That's right. See, the Holy, Holy Spirit's not going to speak to your mind. Amen. The adversary will speak to your mind. The world, it will speak to your mind. Amen. But the Holy Spirit, he doesn't speak to your mind. He speaks to your spirit. It's a nice, gentle, nice, gentle voice. He'll speak down here. It's a convicting. It's a, it's a pulling. It's a, it's a leading that we get down here in our spirits. Amen. He doesn't speak to your mind. Now, your spirit will begin to speak to your mind. You are a spirit. You are like our Father. You are a spirit. Amen. You possess a soul and you possess a body. Amen. But you are a spirit, and the Holy Ghost speaks to our spirit. He says he speaks to our spirit that we are the children of God. That Greek word for children there is the Greek word technon. Amen. It means that we are the little children. We're immature children. We are just children like, like my sons and my daughters that I have. We're just, we're the children of God. Yeah. The Holy ghost will witness back unto you that you are a son, that you are a daughter. Amen. Now back up in, in verse 15, it says, it says you have uh, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. Thank God. He goes, but you've, you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You have not received the spirit of bondage unto fear. Amen? 
We've received, that, we've received a spirit that, said, that, 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 that has given us freedom. I mean, it's not a spirit of, of bondage that produces freer, saying that you're not good enough. I mean, see, too many of the church, we listen to that spirit that's saying, you're not good enough, you can't do this, you can't stand in faith for that, you'll never be able to do this. Too many of you listen to that spirit, and I'm telling you, that's not God. What does God say? He says, I'll speak into your spirit, and I'll reveal to you, you are my son, you are my daughter. You can do exactly what I'm calling you to do. I don't care what situations look like around you. All you got to do is yield into my spirit. I'm telling you, we need to start listening to the Holy Ghost. Start listening to, stop listening to people out there. Stop listening to counselors. Stop listening to Dr. Phil on TV, and start listening to the Holy Ghost. Amen. He will lead you into perfection in everything in your life. I'm telling you, you want to get edified? Listen to the Holy Ghost. You want to get edified? Start praying in tongues. You want to get edified? Allow him to, to energize you and charge you up. And I'm telling you, church, nothing will be able to defeat you. Nothing will be able to defeat you. Amen. I'm telling you, we got a good God. The Holy Ghost is good. He's testifying, church, that you are good. Amen. The Holy Spirit says leads us into adoption. He leads us into adoption wherever we cry, Abba, Father. We get to cry out, Daddy. We get to cry out, you know, Father. We get, to, we get to call about Papa. We don't have to cry out God. It's not our God. It's not, a, it's not that God that's up in heaven. No, it's my Daddy that's up there. It's my Papa that's up there. I'm telling you, Abba, Father, that's, that's, a, that's a term of endearance. It's an endearing term. Amen. Like you'd, like you'd talk to your dad, you'd talk to your pop. It's not, some, it's not some God that's far away. He's saying, listen, you're my children. Address me like your daddy. Address me like your papa. Amen. I'm telling you, I love adoption. I touched on this a, a couple weeks ago, but I'm telling you, church, I, I love adoption. Amen. Most of y'all know we adopted a little Chinese girl. I love it. And I'm telling you, if the church would get into that place, amen, that they would... That they would Believe in adoption, amen? Believe in taking care of something that's not theirs, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, a lot of things will change in our lives. A lot of things will change. We won't have, one for one thing, we won't have an orphan problem. Amen? And y'all know there is an orphan problem in the world? Amen, you wanna know why we have an orphan problem? Hmm? Because we have a father problem. Because we have a father problem. There's an orphan problem because we have a father problem twofold father problem. Number one, we don't, we don't recognize and understand that God loves us all. Our father, our daddy loves us all. Amen. And he can give you the ability. He'll give you the grace to take care of something that's not for yours. Amen. But we have a father problem. We have, we have men and women that have advocated. Not, let, me, let me back that up. Excuse me, Lord. We have men that have advocated their authority. They've advocated their role of what God has given us here as men on this earth. I mean, we've given it to our wives. We've given it to nannies. We've given it to, to anyone besides ourselves. And I'm telling you, church, fathers need to rise up. I'm telling you, not just, not just natural fathers in this land. I'm telling you about spiritual fathers. And they need to begin to rise up. Amen. Don't quit giving away that role to someone else. Quit giving that, that role away just to the pastor. Quit giving that role away to someone else. Men and women of God need to rise up. I'm thankful for spiritual mamas. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for women that are do, out there doing their job. I'm telling you, there's a day and an age that we live in right now that men are going to need to stand up and be who they are called to be. Amen. Walk in the authority. Lead. I'm telling you, God is looking for men to lead. He's looking for men to be men. Hmm? I'm telling you, it'll, it'll take care of the orphan problem. It'll take care of the spiritual orphan problem. Amen? We'll lead. We'll be daddies. 
We'll be, we'll be the people that God has called us to be. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when we get into those places, listen, you're going to see churches change. You're going to see a lot of things change. Hmm. Don't you, being a spiritual parent, man, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's just like being a, a parent in the natural. I mean, you have responsibilities. Except these, you didn't produce yourself. You just get to mind them. Amen? But I'm telling you, these are powerful things that we need to grab a hold of. We need to yield ourselves unto. Hmm? Amen? Amen? Then you mix up, then you mix up the, the actual physical part of adoption. I'm telling you, that, that, that will pour out a whole new... A whole new set of issues. I'm telling you, that, that, is, that is something that I never thought that, uh, I never thought it'd be as difficult as it is. Amen? But I'm telling you, it's powerful. It's powerful when you lead, when you allow yourself to be led in what the Lord's doing. Listen, listen when, our, when, when we were led to, to adopt Lucy, amen, it was, a, it, was, it, was a power, it was a powerful thing. Well, I'll correct that too. <laughs> you know, when Kimberly was led to do an adoption, amen, and I came into an agreement with that, amen, you say, what do you mean by that? Listen, we had, it took us maybe a year and a half or so to, to where Lane could, uh, she could be pregnant with Lane, amen, and during that time, she started praying, saying, God, what do you think about adoption? What do you think about these things? You know, just, if we couldn't have kids or whatever, you know, what, what do you think about these things? And something started stirring on the inside of her, and then Lane came around, and then, and then she goes, hey, what do you think about having another child? I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not thinking about it. I think one's great. Amen. One is an amazing child. Amen. I mean, literally, how can you have that much love for one? How can you have it for another? You know, how can you love one as much as you love the other? You know, I remember having a, a, a conversation with one of my mates about that. And he said, he said, man, I'm telling you, it's absolutely amazing. I, I didn't understand it either, but, but I love this son just as much as this son. And they're completely different. Even that one's not really even like me, but, but it's amazing how much I love them both. Amen. But you never understand those things till you jump off and go and go test it out. Amen. So we so we we had we had two of them. Then Jedediah comes along. Amen. And about the time he hits four years old, Kimberly starts coming up to me and saying, Hey, what do you think about adoption? I said, oh, I don't think about it. She said, Oh, you mean you don't think about it? I said, I don't think about it. It's not something I want to do. She says, well, well, what's the Lord been speaking to you about it? I said, He hadn't been speaking anything to me about it. She says, Well, have you prayed about it? I said, No. Why not? Because I don't want to adopt a child. I don't want to do that. You know, it's not something I want to do. She goes, well, just do me a favor. Just, just promise me you'll at least pray about it. How many of y'all know that, that you don't want to pray about things because you already know what God's going to say? And see, this is, this, is what, this is the way the church is most of the time. It's like, oh, well, I'm not going to pray about God because God's going to tell me to do something. I just won't pray about it. I'll circle around it. I'll do something different because, Lord, I don't want you to tell me. And if you don't tell me to do it, then I never have to do it. Amen. But, but my wife, she got me to that place where I had to come into agreement with her. And said, all right, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll pray about it. So what happens about three seconds into my prayer conversation with the Lord, he starts pouring out chapter or verses in James, talking about taking care of the widows and the orphans and all this. And I said, okay, Lord, I already knew. I already knew. I already knew, Lord. I just didn't, I was being selfish. I just didn't want to do these things, you know? So a year and a half later, you know, Lucy shows up on our door, amen? And I'm telling you, I'm so thankful. I never knew I could actually love something that wasn't mine like that. 
Amen. I'm telling you, it's powerful. Couldn't even speak a language, but she can communicate, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world how God gives you a grace. I mean, my, my children knew exactly what she was saying all the time. I mean, now me and Kim were like, what? Oh, what, what is she saying? You know, but they knew exactly what was coming on all the time. I'm telling you, because it's, it's amazing how God will gel these things in together. But see, there's an amazing thing about my daughter. You know, she wears my name. How many of y'all know that? You see, her last name, you can look at her passport and it says pen on the back of that passport. Amen. Why? Because she is mine. She is my daughter. I mean, she gets to participate with everything that my sons participate with. If there's an inheritance that's going to be laid out for my children, she gets to participate just as much as Lane or Jedda did. Why? Because she's mine. She's my daughter. You know, she, she is, she is 100% mine. There's not, maybe she is, maybe, no, no, 100%. I don't care what she looks like. She, she is mine. Amen. She is one I'll fight for. She is mine now. But see, there's one key difference in her than in my sons. There's one distinctive difference. You say, what is that? She doesn't share my DNA, right? So she's never gonna, she's never gonna have round blue eyes like I have. She's never going to have it. She, you know, you look at her mama, and she's never going to have the height of her mama, obviously, because her parents were short. Amen? And she's never, she's never going to have that height like her mama has. Now, she, now she is ours. We, we've taken her. Amen? But, but she's never, there's some things she's just not going to have because she don't have our DNA. Amen? But see, when we think of adoption in the Western world, this is how we think of it. Amen? It's like, oh, well, God, God's going to adopt us. And I know the verse, God adopts us into the family. Now, now God will give us things. He'll give us an inheritance. He'll give us a little bit of healing. He'll give us the church where we can go hang out. But, but you know, we're not, we're not really like him. We're not, we don't share his DNA. I'm telling you, church, when, when God rebirths something on the inside of you, he takes your spiritual DNA and he changes it to where you're not, you're not of the family of Adam anymore. I mean, your father is not the adversary. Your father is not Satan anymore. He completely makes you re, uh, he completely makes you new to where if you could check your spiritual DNA, it's going to look just like Jesus's. Why? Because behold, all things have been made new. If any man be in Christ, if you've been made one with him, everything about you is going to be made new. See, this is why that verse is so important here in this. Now, we in the Western world, we look at adoption so, so differently just because of how that word's been translated here. But that's not, that's not what it is here in the Greek culture or in the, in the Hebrew culture. This is, it is the Greek word, weothesia. Amen, which we touched on, well, we touched on a couple weeks ago. This is what the, the, the word uh, get, got translated into adoption. It's weothesia. Amen. And what was weothesia? It was never about taking someone outside of the family and bringing them into your own family. Amen. It was about taking someone that was immature and bringing them into maturity. Amen. That's what weothesia means. That's what got translated adoption. So what's this saying? We know it's a, it's a celebration. They have a, they have a big, uh, a big, uh, uh Fiesta. They have a big celebration when these things come, come to place. That when a, when a young man hits about 30 years of age, when he's trusted, when he's proved himself out, they'll have, they'll have this get together and the father puts his hand on his head and says, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. And who I'm well pleased. And he says this in front of the congregation. He says it in front of the people. Why does he say it in front of the people? Why? Because I'm telling you, it's powerful. When he, when he puts his hand upon his head, he's saying, he's saying, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Right? 
Everything, everything that I have is now this young man's. When this young man walks through the town, he starts speaking. Listen, it's me backing him up. When anything he's talking, he's handling my affairs. You don't need to come ask me if this is right, if that's right. When he speaks, he speaks on my behalf, amen, and everything shall be done according to how he is saying. He gets to wear my signet ring, amen. So when you look down at that hand, it's just like the one that's on my finger. You do exactly what he has to say. He gets to wear my robe. He's wearing my sandals. He is walking as my representation here throughout the town. I'm telling you, church, this is exactly what God is doing for you. Amen. See, remember when he opened up the heavens and the Holy Ghost came down, he said, this is my son who I'm well pleased at 30 years of age. What was he saying? Everything Jesus, anything he says, he's representing me. Amen. Anything he does, he's representing me. Amen. It's the same thing that he does for each and every one of you. This is what the Holy Ghost is whispering under your spirit. He's saying, you've been adopted. You've been weothesiad. Amen. I'm, I'm trying to get you that place of maturity to where I can put my hand upon your head to where anything that comes out of your mouth, I'll be able to back it up. When you start speaking to a devil, they're going to start running. When you start casting out sickness, when you start laying hands on the sick, then they're going to start to recover. Everything that, that I said you can do, you'll begin to do it because you've started to walk in the maturity that I've placed upon you. It's not, it's not oh, you're going you're gonna, to gonna be part of my family, but you're never going to look like me. No, he's saying, I'm bringing you to a place of maturity that, that anything you speak begins to happen. When you start declaring and prophesying, these things come to existence. When you go lay hands on a cripple out there, you're going to jerk them up out of that wheelchair and they're going to begin to walk because of the power and the authority that I placed on the inside of you. But you're going to have to get to this place of maturity. How do we get to that place of maturity? Back up to the, to the, the preceding verse. For as many there are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. For many that are led by the Holy Ghost, they are the sons of God. That, that, that word sons there is the Greek word huios. Amen. It's talking about mature sons. It's not technon like the immature children. No the, no, the Lord is speaking something specific to us here. He's saying, he's saying, those who are led by my Spirit, they are the mature children. They're the ones that, that I brought into Weothesia. They're the ones that I've, I've, I've given the placement of a son into sonship. It's those people, amen, the ones that will yield my spirit. I don't care how many Bible scriptures you have memorized. I don't care how much you're studying the word of God. I don't care how many prayer meetings you've gone to. I don't care how long you've been saved. If you want to be considered a mature Christian, you're going to have to learn to hear the spirit of, the, uh, of God. You're going to have to learn to yield into his spirit. When he speaks, you're going to have to instantly know that's him talking to you. I'm telling you, this is what maturity looks like, church. This is what maturity looks like. Amen? It's not, oh, I got more verses memorized than you, man. I'm mature. No, that means nothing. That means nothing. Amen? It's, it's how well are you led by his spirit? I like how the, uh, I like how the ampl uh, not the amplified, but the passion translation says this. It says the mature children of God are those that are moved by the impulses of the spirit. The mature sons of God they're the ones that are moved by the impulses of the Spirit. How many of y'all know that, that, when you, that when you start becoming mature, a lot of the world's going to think you're impulsive? They're going to think you're impulsive. I don't mean impulsive like you go spend money like an idiot or something like that. I'm, I'm saying they are going to think you're impulsive. Why? Because when the Spirit of God tells you to do something, you jump and you do it. You don't ask questions. 
You begin to flow with that current. You allow yourself to, to get in that current and allow, and allow that river to direct you and guide you to every place that he has given to us. I'm telling you, impulse, that is, that is such a powerful word. I love how he describes that there. The impulse is described as a sudden, strong, or an unreflective urge or desire to act. I love that. I've been, I've been called impulsive for the latter part of my Christian walk for years now. And I'm telling you, that is so counter to my, to my character. It's counter to my personality. Amen. When I was, when I owned a business back in the U S I I was, I was very systematic. Amen. And I would, I'd have X, I'd have Y and I'd have Z. Amen. And every consequence from X, Y and Z. And if I went this direction, if this took place, I could bring this one over. And I'm telling you, I had everything lined out how it was going to go. I was methodical in the way I did things. Why? Because I'm not a gambler. Amen. I want to know the end before the beginning. That's the, that's the way I work. That's the way my mind works. That is my character. Amen. But see, the more I got, I got involved with the things of God, the more I got in tune with his spirit, the Holy Ghost started to teach me, I don't want you to do things like that anymore. Why? Because I, I get my, I get, you get yourself into a routine, you get yourself so focused that it's only going to go this direction. The Holy Spirit said, I want to tell you which direction to go. And I said, okay, well, which direction do I go? Just take one step over there. You take one step and they're like, well, that's not good enough. I need to know what the ending is. He says, I don't want you to know the ending. All I want you to do is step when I tell you to step. Back up when I tell you to back up. Move when I tell you to move. Speak when I tell you to speak. He's training, training to, to allow maturity to come in my life where I didn't, where I didn't just train myself and, and, and trust in everything that I put. All the work I've done and nothing can fail because of the work I've done. No, nothing will fail because of his leading. Nothing will fail because of his spirit. I'm telling you, church, this, this is the place that we need to grow up and be as Christians, that we can actually be impulsive when those impulses of the spirit come upon us. I mean, I'm telling you, I'll make people cringe. I mean, it makes my pastor cringe. I mean, he's a spirit-led man. He can't stand it sometimes the way I make decisions. I'll make decisions quick. It don't, take, it, don't take, it don't take the Holy Ghost long at all to tell me to do something, and I'm off to the races. Amen? Why? Because it's how he's trained me to do things. It's completely opposite of who I was, of who I, who I trained myself to be, amen? You look at, you look at the church we planted up in Derry, and then people say, well, did you, did you ever think about how, how difficult it's going to be? Did you think about how, how much time? Do you think about how, what you're going to do in leading to church? No, I didn't think about any of it. Not one thought. I didn't take one thought. All I know is the Holy Ghost said, go do this. We jumped out there and did it, amen? Why? Because I don't care what I think. Amen. I care what he thinks. And what happens? People have been praying for a church. They start coming, coming on, getting involved. What happens? Some missionaries, we've been praying to come out and help. All of a sudden, communication starts up and they're like, we're ready. I think we've gotten enough finances to come over that we can help out in the church. I'm telling you, this is how God works. Amen. But we got to be led by the impulses of the spirit and not by what we think is the right thing. Listen, listen, when I sold my business, it was by an impulse of the spirit. Amen. I was sitting there in prayer. You know, back in those days, I got up at five o'clock in the morning and I'd pray. And about 530, I was sitting there telling, telling the Lord how, how everything's going to work out as, when I come over here as a missionary. I'll, yeah, I'll play, Lord, I will have the church. We'll have it going. Everything's going to be great. I'll go back about once a month, have meetings. You know, you know Lord, what do you think about this CEO that, that I can put in place and do the job for me and I can communicate with him? And I'm, I had it all worked out, Lord. I think it's going to be great. He said, shut up. Because I didn't ask you to do any of that. 
And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to pick up the phone. I want you to call this man. I want you to, to, to sell that business for this price and get on about your business. And I said, okay. I sent a text while I was in prayer. Give me a call whenever you wake up. Amen. About an hour and a half later, this guy gives me a call. Said, well, what's the crack? What's going on? I said, listen, I want to, I want to sell the business. I want to sell it for half of what it's worth, and I, want to get, and I want to be done with it. And he's like, oh, absolutely. Sold it in 15 minutes. 15 minutes. A multi-million dollar business in the States I've worked my whole life towards. Whole life towards. And in 15 minutes, it was gone. Why? Because it was impulsive impulse of the Spirit of God. People say, you're an absolute idiot. Why would you do something like that? Because the Holy Ghost told me to do it. Why would you you even think about doing that? I didn't think about it. The Holy Ghost told me to do it. And see, amazing how God proves things out. You know, about three months after I sold the business, the petroleum industry took a dive and cycled down. Amen. To where if it cycled down, it had been very difficult for me to come over here. It had been very difficult for me to stay over here. Amen, because I would have had to mine that thing like, like, like it's going out of style if I was going to keep it going, amen? But see, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost knows what he's doing. If we'll get to that place where we'll listen to it. You know, John 3, 8, when Jesus is describing to Nicodemus about the Holy Spirit, when he's talking about being reborn, amen? If you don't, if you don't know what that is, you can go back to some of our messages about two months ago when we're talking about in him. We studied about that, about being reborn, amen? It's not, it's not a Protestant thing, church. It's a Jesus thing, amen? It's what Jesus has asked us to do, amen? And when he was talking about these things, he started talking to him about the Holy Spirit. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, he goes, and you hear the sound of it, but we do not know where it comes from and where it's going. He says that the wind starts blowing on your face. He goes, you can hear it. Sometimes you can smell it. You know, you know, you know what's blowing. You know where it's, the direction it's coming from, but you don't know where it started. You don't know where it's going. You don't know where it's going. He says, so is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. So is everyone that's been born of the Spirit. What's Jesus trying to tell us? Huh? What's he, try, what's he trying to mind to us? He's trying to tell us, listen, if you, it, you know, just how the wind blows and it moves you from one place to another place. Listen, anyone that's reborn of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost is going to move you from one place to another place. You may not know where you're going, but all you got to do is yield unto him. Amen. Allow yourself to be trusting in him and everything that you're doing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, I'm telling you, let's, let's, let's get to this place where we, where we begin to, to listen until the Holy Ghost, get, our, get out, of, we need to get out of our own minds, church. We need to get out of our culture. We need to get out of religious ideologies and start following the Holy Ghost for the win. I'm telling you, church, he will, he will bring you the win in your life. And wow, I'm out of time there. Can I get about five more minutes? Maybe 10. Huh? Can I get about 10 more? I think the Lord just gave me a good example here I want to give you kind of being led by the Spirit, what it looks like. Okay. I'll keep you a little late. Yeah, in Acts chapter 16, this, this little lineup really good with being, allowing yourself to flow in the river, flowing in this current. We see that, uh, you know, it says that they came into, into Derby, into Lystra. 
Amen. And this is talking about the second missionary trip here of Paul and Silas. Now, now when I say Paul and Silas, listen, Barnabas was not with them on this missionary trip. You say, well, why wasn't Barnabas with them on the, this missions trip? Wasn't in Acts chapter 13 where, where the Holy Ghost spoke in a, in a meeting just like this and said, separate Paul and Barnabas, separate them for the mission, for the ministry that I've called them to. And then they went out and started planting amazing churches and doing some great things for God. Well, why wasn't Barnabas with them now? Why wasn't Barnabas with him now? Because of an offense. Amen. Simply said, they divorced one another. Amen. They went about their separate ways. You say, why is that? Because Barnabas wanted to bring his nephew upon the missionary trip. And Paul said, I'm not bringing him. He's not mature enough to come with us. I mean, he left us right out, you know, right when we got into the trip, he left us. We had to worry about him going home. We had to worry about all these things because he's not mature enough to come with us. He's not come with us now. It got so bitter between them that they split. They split their ways. I'm telling you, that wouldn't have God. You say, why do I say that? Well, because you see that Paul wrote two-thirds of the Bible, and you never, hear, you never hear Barnabas mentioned again. You never hear Barnabas. Listen, church, I'll give you this one for free, and this doesn't count towards my 10 minutes. <laughs> Don't take up an offense. Don't take up someone else's offense. Amen. I'm telling you, these things will get you out of the will of God. And if it gets you out of the will of God, you're not going to perform. You're not going to finish the race that God has called you to. I'm telling you, offense is nasty, it's dirty, and it's, and it's designed for one thing. It's designed to distract you and get you out of the move of God. Amen. Be done with those things. Be quick to forgive, quick to love, quick to walk in love, quick to repent. Amen. Because many times we get offended because it's us. Amen. Things not be done in our way. Amen. But don't allow those things to, to, to hinder you or distract you. Amen. So, so we're bouncing all down. We see that, they, that uh, here in, in verse uh, 5, it says, And so were the churches established in faith, and they increased daily. As they went all throughout Galatia, it says these churches were established. Amen. And they, and they were blessed, each and every one of them. Amen. I'm lo- I love it when things get, get done effortlessly. Amen. When things run like clockwork. How many of y'all like that? I mean, when, thing, when things are going smooth, you're hooked up with the kingdom of God and everything, just everything you touch, it seems to prosper, man. Everything is just, is just rolling. I love it when God, when God is, is coming through for us like that. Amen. But I'm telling you, that's not always going to be the case. Hmm? That's not always going to be the case. I'm telling you, I eat it up when it is. Amen. But, it, but it's not always going to be the case. I'm telling you, you have an adversary that is pushing back against you. Amen. And he, and, and don't believe this fairy tale, counterfeit tale. Amen. This false perception that, oh, get saved. Everything is going to be a cakewalk from here on out. Cause that's not necessarily the truth. Amen. See, in, in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about, you know, if you're faithful to a few things, I'm going to give you more responsibility. Amen. He says, if you've been faithful with a little bit of money, I'm going to make you rulers over many things. Why? Because you've been trusted. You've shown yourself to be, to be true. I can trust you with some things. Now, now that I trust you, I'm about to pour more things on you. Why? Because, I'm, because you're going to get yourself in one of this situation, and it may look very difficult, but I trust you have uh, the peace on the inside of you that I'll walk. I trust you can walk through this situation and change it. Amen? When, when <laughs> things can get difficult because he trusts us more, he'll allow us to go into situations that he permits us to change. Amen? Now, let me get going here. 
In verse, in verse 6 here, it says, Now when they have gone all throughout Phrygia and through, the, uh, and through the regions of Galatia, they're forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. And after they came to Mosia, it says they essayed not to go to Bithynia, but the spirits uh, suffered them not. Amen. They're, they're designed, Paul and, and, and Silas, they're chomping at the bit, wanting to go preach, wanting to plant churches, wanting to do some amazing things. Amen. But the Holy Ghost kept on saying, No, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't stop there. Don't do this. Why? Is it because he hated Asia? Absolutely not. If you go a couple chapters over in Acts chapter 19, you'll see that all of Asia heard the word of God being preached. Amen. It's just that we got to be led by his spirit because he knows our correct timing and everything. Church, there's snares that have been, the adversary is setting snares right in front of you. And if you can't listen to the spirit of God, you're going to walk right into the trap. You're going to walk right into the trap, church. Listen, we got to listen to him and bypass these things. Know whether we go through the mountain, whether we go over the mountain, go around the mountain, or speak to the mountain and command it to leave. we got to be led by the Spirit of God to know which direction we're going in all things. I'm telling you, otherwise you're going to get ensnared. You're going to find yourself in a place you don't want to be in. Amen? And after, and after these things, we see that they're, they're, they're moving forward here, and, and it says they're they passing through Messiah, and they came down to, to Troas, and a vision came to Paul there in the night. I mean, he prayed and he said, come to Macedonia and help us. And after, after he had seen this vision, immediately he endeavored to go to Macedonia. He endeavored to go to Macedonia and surely he gathered there. He, he gathered up. He went to preach the gospel and do what God has asked him to do. Amen. The Holy Spirit led him to a vision because Paul wasn't going to quit. Amen. He was going to keep on going. So the Holy Spirit said, I'm not, you're going to waste too much time going to all these cities. Let me just give you a vision so I can move you forward into what God's, into what I'm asking you to do. Amen. What happened? He ended up in, in Macedonia, just what the Holy Ghost said. He went to the capital, which was Philippi. He says, where are all the people that believe God? Well, there's some people down there at the river. They're praying. So where he goes, he goes down to the river, starts talking to some ladies that are down there, starts revealing them Jesus unto them. They got saved. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. They got dunked in water. And then what happens? He starts discipling them for several days. He's going, he's meeting with them. He's chatting with them. He's talking to them, you know, trying to get, trying to get things going. And what happens? He walks through. If you've ever been to Philippi, there's this big, there's this big, uh, marketplace right there on the outside of the city as you're going down to that river. So he's walking through that marketplace and there's this lady for a couple days that keeps on saying, Hey, these servants that listen to these men, these are servants of the most high God. They're going to lead us to the way of salvation day after day after day after day, they're, they're, uh, they're saying these things and he's walking through. Well, the Holy Ghost stops him and said, listen, Paul, that, that lady that keeps on saying that, that is not of me. That is, that is not from the Holy Ghost. That is the devil on that person trying to, trying to promote uh, what you're doing here. And so what did Paul do? He says he was grieved in the spirit. He turned around. He cast the spirit out of that lady. What happened then? All the, all the city got in an uproar. The people that, that, that used this lady to make money off of, they got irritated. They cast, it, they cast Paul in jail. They cast him in jail, not just in jail, but here in, what is that in verse, uh, in verse 23, it says, and when they laid many stripes upon him, they cast him in prison, charging the jailers to keep him safely. And they received the charge and they thrust him into the inner prison, the, the stinky part of the prison. They beat him up. They gave stripes and then they put him into the inner part of the prison. And then we know, we know what happened then after that, what happened? They didn't get there and they didn't say, oh Lord. Why would you lead me into this? I must have missed it. I must have made a mistake because things, things just got difficult. 
You know, why, why did I get these bruises? Why, why, why are people coming against me? Why, why does this city hate me? I'm, I must have done something wrong. Is that what they said? No, they started praying. They started praising God in the, in the middle of that prison. Started praising and, and singing hymns and all kinds of amazing things. All the prisoners were listening to it. You know, things shocked. The, 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 the prison shook and, and the guy was going to kill himself. The, the prison guard was going to kill himself until, until he told them, we're still here. Come on in and check it out. What happened? An amazing church got planted. Probably the, the, the greatest missionary church in all, in all of the area got planted. A church that was moving in the gifts of the Spirit more than any other church on the planet at that time. Why? Because they didn't stop just because things got rough. I'm telling you, these two believed so much in that word that the Holy Ghost gave them by the leading of the Holy Ghost, amen, that they didn't say, man, we're making a mistake. What they do? They started singing. They started praising you know, see, see, these were Roman citizens. How many of y'all know it was absolutely illegal for them to do what they did to them? We find that out later on in the story, right? Now, why didn't Paul, why didn't Silas say, you know, you know, don't you dare hit me again with that stick. I'm a Roman citizen. Don't you, put, don't you dare put those chains around me. I'm a Roman citizen. Why didn't they do that? They were waiting for what the Holy Ghost asked them to do. Amen. They were there for a purpose and they didn't dare allow themselves to get into the way of the Holy Ghost. They said, even if I'm going to have to take a little bit of pain, even if I'm going to be a little bit unjust and what's going to come, I'm, I'm, I trust you so much, Holy Spirit, amen, that, that I know something good's coming on the backside of this. And they begin to sing. They begin to praise. And then all of heaven broke out. Church, I'm telling you, we have got to get to that place where we... <laughs> We don't think we know the end result, but we allow him to guide us into that end result, amen? Don't allow yourself to get messed up. Don't allow yourself to mess up what the Holy Ghost is trying to do on the inside of you, amen? Breakthrough. Breakthrough is just on the other side of your obedience. Hmm? How many of y'all know that in here? Anyone believe in God for something on the end here? I mean, I know that sometimes it gets tough when we're believing God. I'm telling you, breakthrough is just on the other side of your obedience, listening unto him, amen? Listen, Satan can't stop you. He can distract you, but he can't stop you. I mean, don't permit him to, get, to allow yourself to get your eyes off of him. Do not let him distract you. I mean, you keep pushing forward and the Holy Ghost is giving you something, you keep pushing with everything you have. Amen. I'm telling you, maybe in 2,000 years, they'll be talking about you, John, and saying, you know what? There's this man named John. He, li he lived up in Points Pass and he came down to Dundalk and this is what God did through him. You know, there's this woman named Rebecca. You know, her whole family may have been against her, but she decides she's going to serve God and the whole town was changed through what she was doing. I'm telling you, this is what it's all about. Following the obedience of the Holy Ghost, allowing him to lead us, guide us, and direct us in everything we're doing. I'm telling you, victory is on the other side of it. Amen? Victory is on the other side of it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for, for your victory that you've already given each and every one of us, Lord. We praise you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. Not allowing anything to distract us or back us up. Move us to the right or left, Lord. We are 100% cued in, you know, training ourselves by the Holy Spirit to become mature children of God. We thank you, Lord. We look forward to that day that your hand is placed upon our heads, Lord, as you, as you bring us into full maturity, Lord, and we get to, and everything we speak begins to line up with what you've asked us to do. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it. And we take a hold 
of the tradition of this church here in Psalms 91 that says, no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place. Lord, if you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, to bear us up in their hands as we dash our feet against a stone. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the people that have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is having to say. We thank you that these are world changers, Lord. These are history makers sitting in this, in this, uh, in this building right now, Lord, looking, hearing, you know, receiving from you and fulfilling everything that you've called them to do. We, we walk out of here in faith and Lord towards one another. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word and we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.